Hey everybody, welcome to Blasting Off again, I'm Tom. I'm Will. Today we're looking at episode 54, <laughs> The Perfect Hero. Uh, because it's an even-numbered episode, I go first on the 30-second recap. Do you want to count me in? In three, two, one. Uh, boy, Ash and friends find a, like, Pokemon daycare. Um, no, it's a human daycare. Ah, uh, fuck. Anyway, um... <laughs> There's a little kid who's sad because the only Pokemon he likes is Meowth because a Meowth saved him in the forest, but there's no Meowth here. And then he finds Team Rocket and uh, they decide to pretend that Meowth is that Meowth and then uh, they don't do it convincingly. And so Ash and friends kill them. The end. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Let's see if you can do better in three, two, one. Uh, This isn't Meowth's origin story. No. So we're very pissed off, which is probably why we didn't pay much attention. Um, Ash and friends go to a human daycare. They uh, all the kids are excited because there's Pokemon. Uh, they release their Pokemon to play with the children. Um, Meowth uh, convinces the little kid that he's the hero that saved him from a Beedrill. Um, then there's a battle because Ash and friends are dicks. Um, but the Turn real Meowth comes back and saves the little kid again. Not bad. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, I kind of missed all that. Yeah. Like, the, the, <laughs> the plot escaped me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm real tired today. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, yeah, so disappointing that this wasn't the, the origin story yeah. episode. Um, <laughs> I like that. I feel like a Pokemon podcast is the only place in the world where you need to specify that a daycare is a human daycare. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it's because because in Pokemon you don't talk about daycares unless you're talking about where you put your ditto. Yeah, <laughs> it could be a do- doggy daycare. There's no dogs in Pokemon. No, but I mean, oh yeah, eat. that's true. Yeah. I guess if you spend a lot of time with the dogs specifically. <laughs> If this uh, is a dog podcast, <laughs> a dog cast, if you dog will, cast. Oh, welcome to barking off again. <laughs> it's my I'm turn. Me- I'm meant to be the pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, kind of nice to see Team Rocket, like Being, tra- at least pretending to be the good guys yeah. for a bit. Yeah, and, and they were. Yeah, like they had <laughs> Meowth had, like you know, his own agenda, but. Um, <laughs> To begin with, the other two, they were like legitimately, you know, invested in the, yeah, making sure that this kid had a good time. Well, I think they, I think they were like invested in making sure this kid had a good time so that they could look like the good guys for once. Mm-hmm. And then I think as soon as they realized that in doing so, they were also getting access to Pikachu, everything went out of the window, right? And, and that, you know, that's Team Rocket's ultimate, you know, struggle is that. No matter what they are trying to do, what they always want is Pikachu. Yeah. And if Pikachu gets in the way of them being the good guys, that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. So if you have a small child, send mm-hmm. them out of the room for this episode. Um, if you have a small child and they're listening to this, sorry, but I'm judging you. Like, <laughs> we do not talk about small children no. topics. Yeah. Um, do you, would you like to a child to protect their innocence and like give them a false reality on the world or do you think hmm. that you should uh like just let them know how life is hmm. as soon as, as soon as they can so they can be prepared for it and 
Yeah, I think mostly that one. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously on things like on things like, you know, Santa Claus and the mm-hmm. Easter Bunny, I think it's fine to lie to your kids about that until they're old enough that like they start to figure it out and they're like, "Oh, wait a minute. This is just you. That's fun." Mm-hmm. Like no kid ever feels deeply betrayed by that lie, mm-hmm. right? Um unless they catch you. Yeah. They do feel betrayed if they catch you. But if they just find out gradually, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But there's um, always that one asshole in school. Yeah, well, exactly. And the asshole in school will ruin it for them, and then they'll go like, oh, it's a bummer. Yeah. And like they might be sad for a bit, but then they'll get over it by the next Christmas because <laughs> they get presents. Um, but in terms of things like, you know, the way the world works and like real world stuff, I think, I mean, certainly like our approach with parenting has been like, when stuff comes up, you talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't necessarily have to like sit down one day and like just on a regular Tuesday be like, okay, I think today I'm going to explain systemic racism to you. But like if your kid is like, hey, I noticed this thing today, what's up with that? Mm-hmm. You can be like, well, that's because of a thing called systemic racism. And mm-hmm. you could be frank with them about it, right? Like I don't think. I think kids are smarter than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. I think that like the idea of preserving their innocence is harmful mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, like, cause I think that innocence is an internal thing. It's not a response to external factors. Um, which is to say like giving a kid information is not going to hurt them. It's going to empower them to like, think about things more to know stuff Mm -hmm. and to like you know think for themselves right obviously there are experiences that damage that innocence and are shitty and that's a totally different thing yeah (laughs) but but in terms of like you know what should you tell your kids about or not i think like if you're comfortable having a conversation about a thing and they're curious about it have that conversation yeah if they're curious about it and you can't talk to them about it yet for your own reasons that's also okay you might need to figure out why you're not comfortable talking with them about it and yeah. do some work on yourself yeah and like you know know that if you're not giving them satisfying answers they will seek them out somewhere else mm-hmm. um which is you know a thing <laughs> yeah because that, that's the, the whole thing about sex ed isn't it mm-hmm. it's like if um so there was somebody i think it was kevin hart he mm-hmm. was talking about how uh if you uh when he was in school the only way that you get sex ed is if your parent gave a letter to the school saying you're okay to have sex ed and right. then you'd be in a class with like five other people right um and then they say that because the school wasn't teaching it, then the onus is on the parents to teach it. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of the parents weren't teaching it. So right. then where's the next place that your kid's going to find it? Well, right. it's going to be on the street. And yeah. then you wonder why, like, your kid comes home pregnant at 14. Right. And it's like, well, because you didn't, like, explain anything to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I kind of get a lot of it. I think um, there's certain things that I would wait until they're older. Mm-hmm. Uh, to t- the brutalities of things. Sure. So, like, yeah, I mean, you can you can kind of sugarcoat it. Mm. Like, you don't have to go into gory detail about stuff. You don't have to like, you know, destroy their hopes and dreams or yeah. anything. No, no, but I mean, like, um, if you know, they say, oh, why is this particular person in politics? Like, why why is Donald Trump getting elected if nobody likes him? Mm-hmm. Then 
I wouldn't necessarily go well because of all this corruption and blah 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 blah. I'd mm-hmm. just be like, well, because there's different points of views and mm-hmm. you know this kind of stuff. And then when they're like fourteen and you can have like a proper sit down, like, look, let's have a look and let me show you, like, right. this is how things can go if they go badly. Mm-hmm. Um, read. 1984 read this read that you know yeah then you can uh start to have those proper conversations but i think i think the the main thing for me as well is if i was a parent is i would try and make sure like i'd set my own views aside as much as possible sure and give them room to make their own uh approach to things yeah i guess like a, a certain amount of giving them facts as opposed to telling them like this is a thing I think is wrong and here's yeah. why. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's okay to like impart your values on your kids too, to an yeah. extent. Well, there's yeah. values but, and then there's like your interpretation of things, if that makes sense. Sure. I think a lot of the time, at least for me, my interpretations of things are based like heavily on my values, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I, I think like, with regard to the uh you know why is donald you know why is donald trump in charge if people don't like him question it's as simple as saying like well there are a lot of people who like him yeah that's what i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's saying yeah. like you know well there's different opinions there's different people right. that go for different things and like a lot of people favor the economy over mm-hmm. uh well-being right yeah you know yeah exactly um, and so yeah yeah, I don't know. It, it's difficult. Like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of why I'm not there. Mm. When yeah, it comes I mean, to fair kids. enough. Like, yeah. I I think I I struggle too much in my own head about mm. like how much I could damage uh, somebody. Sure. Like how much I could damage a kid. Right. By my own personal worldview, and being like angry at the world. Right. Like, my generation, it, uh, you're twenty six. Okay, so you're the same age as Amanda. So yeah. there's a small pocket of millennials yeah. that grew up <laughs> in what I call the angry generation. Sure, yeah. Which is we listen to new metal because new metal was the pissed off at the world right thing, but it's not like emotional and pissed off at the world, and mm. it's not like uh, grunge where it's like angst. It was sure. like no, we are just purely angry right. and hate and aggression right and it it was i th- i think there was that that pocket of mm. like 3 to 5 years if you spent your teens during that time it mm. really molds you in a particular way yeah if you're somebody who thinks about things and because of what the music was telling you mm. at that time so it kind of yeah it made me a very like I don't know, like a bitter person to the world, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like I try and get over that and yeah, be a nice person. But yeah, I mean, I think like uh, so. I, I was at a um, one of the other shows I produced, Gateway Music, um, was invited. Uh, so Howard, the host of that, and I were invited to give a sort of like <clears throat> live show slash mini lecture at Dawson mm. uh, last week, and you know just about podcasting and like live show setups and production and that kind of thing and um part of the show was also howard like talking to some of the students like one-on-one on on mic about you know music that they like 
And he was saying this thing about how, like, the music and media that you consume when you're, like, a teenager or, like, you know, between, like, 15 and 18 is, like, the thing that sticks with you the longest in life, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you might be 40 and still listening to new music pretty actively and, like, your tastes will change a little bit, but consistently you'll still be able to go back to the stuff you listened to in Mm -hmm. high school and go, oh, yeah, this is great. This is still my favorite thing, right? Mm -hmm. And, like... I think a lot of that that's true of like, you know, opinions and like social dynamics and stuff too, right? A lot of the way that you, a lot of the stuff that's formative when you're in high school and, you know, in your later teens stays with you and is hard to kind of unlearn. Hmm. And so I, I totally get that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure with like uh, worldviews and okay. stuff because i think that for, well for me personally that mm. changed a lot when i mm. started developing out of high school because where i where i grew up was a more like it it wasn't a, a rough area but mm. it wasn't a great area sure it was kind of in between mm. but um when i moved from there i certainly moved to a lot of rougher places right and that really gets you gave me a much different yeah. concept of things and but maybe that's because i lived it no i think i think you're right i now that i think about it like definitely my worldview has changed since i was in high school but i, I guess more what i mean is like you will never forget the way that you thought then like it's not it's not that you'll think the same way but yeah. you'll you remember that person right like yeah i don't necessarily remember like how i thought about the world you know in you know in grade school or you know early high school years like I I don't remember that person that well Uh but like you know me in my late teens I remember exactly what I was into I remember exactly the type of person I was and I think high school me would hate current me and I'm fine with that I think maybe that is part of like that's when we really start to think about Mm -hmm. the world and start to think about who we are right but the music thing a hundred percent um is is a is a thing because mm. there's studies that show uh, with alzheimer's right yeah, that, yeah um those tracks that you listen to when you were in your uh you know sixteen seventeen right uh those are the tracks that will elicit that emotional response right um with alzheimer's sufferers yeah so <laughs> that kind of makes me laugh because I'm thinking like you know at the minute they're playing like you know jimmy and like the Beatles right, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that with Alzheimer's patients and then you know when we all become like that then they're yeah. going to be playing like Corn and Slipknot and I mean like when when I'm <laughs> when I'm old and senile the only song I'm going to remember is Rebecca Black's Friday <laughs> Hi I'm Howard Mitnick host of Gateway Music join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, well. Hey, Tom. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? F- F- Wartortle. But it's not. Why? It's not Wartortle. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> We've really gone rogue this year, eh? Yeah. 2020 <laughs> is the year of not caring who that Pokemon actually is. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's Meowth! <laughs> <laughs> it's who we say it is. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. Let's talk about Meowth. Who said this was a democracy? <laughs> <laughs> you know how Hillary won the popular vote. 
<laughs> we're not letting War Turtle be president. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I stand by that comparison. Um, <laughs> I love Meowth. Is that because Hillary was going to war portal with Russia? <laughs> I mean, probably. Um, do you like Meowth? How do you feel about Meowth? Uh, Obviously, we love cartoon Meowth. Meowth. Yeah, amazing yeah. game Meowth. Kind of trash. Uh, <laughs> payday. Yeah. Payday. What about <laughs> it? Well, the fact it exists means like just so much for <laughs> like somebody who knows about economics mm-hmm. because. You know that that one Pokemon and that one move can destroy the entire economy of Pokemon. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, the fact that there's... So Meowth is the most powerful Pokemon in Pokemon. Sure. It's more powerful than Mewtwo. <laughs> it's more powerful than anything because it's the one thing that can destroy the entire economy. I would make the case that Smeargle is stronger. By virtue of being able to copy Payday, but also having, like, other moves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but I know what you mean. Payday yeah. is... Uh, I That's interesting, because I always kind of understood Payday as Meowth is just kind of a scavenger and picks up coins it finds lying around. Mm. Um, that's a good point. I, th- I, th- I thought it but, literally, like, shot them out of its... Well, now that you mention it, like, thing. that would make sense, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Meowth, like, generates cash. Yeah. I kind of like the idea that it just finds a coin and it's like, ah! Yeah. (laughs) There was also a little while where I thought maybe Payday was like, it hits the opponent with like a tackle or something, but Mm. it hits their wallet, so money just falls out. (laughs) Like, you you loot the guy. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. That would be a good way out of it, is to say like, no, you're you're literally just robbing the person. Right. And Meowth grabs some. Yeah. On, on its way which um, thematically makes a lot of sense with Meowth yeah as sort of a little rogue <laughs> thief that that would be kind of cool yeah um I'm kind of over Meowth getting regional variants yeah because none of them have really They're been not good, good. <laughs> yeah I think like the Galarian Meowth and Berserker are really fun design wise shouldn't exist though like right why does it need a different evolution yeah well that's that's my issue with it is i feel like berserker could just be its own thing yeah it doesn't it doesn't even need to be related to meowth galarian meowth could have just not existed and we could have just had berserker exist yeah as a one-off or we could have had like uh with obstagoon and that had it right you know have uh meowth berserker and then um persian right you oh, know, have it, it as a middle stage. Yeah. Okay. Because why not add a middle stage? Right. Like, yeah. Persian is a great end product. Yeah. Galarianize it. Right. And then put Perserker in as a middle one. Yeah. You could have. There's a lot they could have done with it. I just, I don't like what they did with it. Mm. Yeah. And, and I mean, Alolan, Alolan Meowth and Persian also don't do much for me. No. I didn't um, like how the Meowth was kind of too horny looking. And yeah, the Persian big head thing was it just felt like a weird direction to take it in. I'm just gonna quickly look up uh <laughs> what Galeria Meowth looks like because mm. I've forgotten it. It looks um, like Perserker with less detail. Okay. <laughs> Cause like, I know it literally Perserker looks like is... they drew Perserker and then they removed a bunch of the line work and they were like, Oh, it's Meowth now. 
Yeah. Yeah, he just looks as if he's got like a really fat chin. Mm-hmm. Um, Perserker, I do like because of um, like the the concept. Yeah. In terms of it's a Viking, yeah. and that's very like iconic within Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's it. Like, it, it's not a bad design. Mm. It just I don't. It's not a Meowth. It shouldn't be Meowth. And glaring Meowth is... It really is trash. Yeah. Like, remember back when we were saying there isn't a Pokemon yet that we spotted that we didn't like? Right. I think Galarian Meowth is the closest to being one that I actively dislike. Yeah. Um, when they first revealed it, I was like... Because I think they first revealed the... Well, they didn't even reveal it, right? The Galarian Meowth was one of the ones that was leaked in yes. that massive leak. Yes. And yeah. it it was the design in that leak that made me hope that leak was fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was one is one that I was like Okay, so that that was the thing that made mm. up for it. Right. I I was trying to think why did uh, thought process, why did the design of Meowth not get the hate mm. uh, or not but, be brought up in conversation between us and I think right. it's because of the Gigantamax Meowth right. drew the attention away from it Yeah, because Gigantamax Meowth is pretty cool it's beautiful Yeah, I really like it Yeah, um, if that was a Galarian Gigantamax Meowth it would be ugly like, I don't know what it would look like but I would hate it it would be all chin <laughs> yeah it would be like <laughs> more, more chins than the Chinese phone book it would be <laughs> <laughs> like it, it would be yeah two legs chin and then a head and oh god no yeah they'd probably have stretched it out like wide yeah instead make it <sighs> a big shield you know there's that you weren't a Yu-Gi-Oh guy were you not particularly there was one Yu-Gi-Oh card that was called King Shield okay and it was literally it had no attack power it was just a big shield with like four thousand defense points or something <laughs> uh really hard to take down but otherwise useless um I kind of feel like Gigantamax Berserker would just look like that. <laughs> it would just be a big hairy shield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm slowly looking to get into Yu-Gi-Oh because mm. Amanda's brother's like super super into it. That makes sense. They're the right so generation for that. It'd be a, a connection point between me and him. So I'm yeah. looking at getting a deck. Nice. And learning. But he did try to teach me and there's like 70 million rules oh, it's, and I'm like it's way more complicated now. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in high school it was simple. Yeah. <laughs> there was just the base set and you know the the packs that they released, you know, over the years afterward, but they've basically like when they started doing new series yeah. that were like spin-off series of it, they also started introducing new cards based on those they with all their new, new mechanics. mechanics. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the downfall. Yeah, Just, I think yeah. that that's where you know your base, yeah. and then that is the only people that you are going to care yeah. about. Which, again, that means that like th- things like that, I think they do have a limited time. Yeah, because slowly people are going to tip it off. Totally. Yeah. And but and you're not making it available to right. new people. So yeah, the learning curve is ridiculous mm-hmm. like i think that's why magic the gathering is so successful yeah. is because it i i mean i don't play it i don't know it intimately yeah but my understanding of it is that it hasn't really changed that much over the years they uh, just it hasn't had they, new cards uh there's a lot of new cards but like the learning curve is very gradual mm-hmm. which is nice it's like it is a very very 
like incredibly high skill ceiling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's a really good gradual curve to get to yeah. that. Well, yeah. it's it's easy enough to pick up and learn. Yeah. And it's hard to be genuinely good at. Yeah, for sure. Which is a nice, like, that's the balance that it should be. Mm-hmm. Which, like, the Pokemon card game is somewhere in between those two. Yeah. Because they do keep rolling out, like, new types of card. But at the end of the day, those new types of card don't really, like, you can't really tell me there's a huge difference between a Pokemon V and a Pokemon X. Or a Pokemon EX, right? No, but the, my issue with it is that every time they bring out new cards, yeah. it means that you have to buy a completely new deck. Yeah. And you have to completely discard anything that you... All that money that you paid on that previous set yeah. is now, like, paperweight. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And so that's where magic is good. Mm-hmm. It's like, you could go back to the original magic cards right. and they still are viable. Yeah in the modern decks and it's like okay so it's kind of justifiable in that sense right um because i know that at least my investment is going to be worth something right to somebody yeah um even if it's not to me that's it whereas i feel like the the long-term value of pokemon cards is really just like i don't know they're nice for a collection Mm -hmm. they're not they're not valuable long-term competitively even the new ones aren't really valuable as a right. collection. Yeah. Like, nobody, you know, unless you're looking at years and years and years in the future. Right. And then hoping that there's <laughs> going to be a few people that are so diehard yeah. that they didn't buy them back then. Right. It's very, yeah. Yeah, that's it. What it is, is it's like, it's going to be the kids who are being born now who are going to be n- super huge nerds in 20 years. Mm-hmm who will go i want a full want collection a full of pokemon cards original set yeah 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 and then they can listen to this podcast and they can find me on yeah. instagram <laughs> and i have a full set waiting for you nice <laughs> speaking of pokemon cards should we uh yeah let's go cool um this is another pack of uh the new sword and shield tcg that we got from uh our sponsor last month um the coin de jouet in anger neon mall um I don't know if War Turtle's in this set. <laughs> I don't know if Meowth is in this set. But I do know that the We've starters got extra extra rules, don't we? Yeah. So if we get one of the starters from uh Sword and Shield or Sinisty, Sinisty, Wulu, Snom. Yeah. Yeah. If we get any of those, we have to do a bonus episode on them. We got uh Sobble last week, so we will do that at some point. It's it's locked down. Can uh, I just say, if we get Sinistee, mm. that episode is not going to be about Pokemon. It's going to be on various types of tea. That I'm so like. into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so I've got a TCG online card, code, code card, <laughs> code card, card, code, pod card, pod card. <laughs> all right. That's you a want po- some podcast cards. about fish. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> fish and fish and chips all right uh rg626yrbxyb7v is your little pod card uh pull the energy to the front get the it's hard to do this without seeing what i'm looking at there we go to the back so first off we have a dark energy uh we've still got that little kind of flame thing on them i do like that yeah uh we got a poniard uh-huh Oh, Sizzlypede. I really like Sizzlypede. Did you end up using one of these guys? Uh, no, I got a Gigantamax one. And nice. I kind of... 
I, I called it a sizzle peed. Okay. Um, sizzly peed. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I caught one in that fire gym huh? and brought it with me through the rest of the game. Cool. We have a yamper. I do love yamper. I, I, I'm not a huge yamper. No? Um, but, like, I, I understand it. I get it. <laughs> right. It's uh, me and dogs. Yeah, yeah, You know. <laughs> uh, we got a clobopus. Clobopus is amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, cottony... Yeah. Another one of these packs where we just only have basic Pokemon, eh? Is Cottony Galarian? Uh, no, no. I no. think Cottony is like Gen 4 or Gen 5. I was going to say that feels older. Yeah. Uh, we have a Heatmore who is like... You can hardly tell this is Heatmore in the photo until you look real close. Oh, yeah. Uh, Strange. We got a trainer card here called Metal Saucer that lets you attach a met- uh, steel energy from your discard to one of your benched steel Pokemon. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a quick ball. Quick ball. The hollow for this, or the reverse hollow for this pack is a Minchino. It's beautiful. I really like the reverse hollow in these. Oh, one of those. The stars are nice. Yeah. Uh, and then cool. the rare for this one is a Drampa, who uh, looks like he's having a good time in his cave. And we still have no hollows. Yeah. So Drampa reminds me of... Um, thingy from Neverending Story. Uh, not Artax, the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no. Wow. Oh, I can't remember. Nope. Got nothing. Falcor. Falcor. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Jump over mine somewhere. Because <laughs> it is. I can just imagine it being like. Yes, Ride me. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for listening to Blasting Off again. If you like this show, leave us a review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash blastingoffagain, where you'll get access to live commentary tracks for most episodes and a bunch of other sweet perks. Our theme music is by Jamie Materier, and our cover art is by Emily Roy. We're proud to be a part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Oh my god, they're killing a horse in a swamp. What <laughs> sick bastard wrote this? We're blasting off again. Ding, ding. Oh, hi. Do you ever wonder if picking your own name for Secret Santa and then buying yourself a gift makes you a sociopath? Or if everything is everything, then how much of everything is there? Or what exactly a Moguana is? Well, <laughs> that one's just a way of saying more iguana. Or maybe you wonder what the death of a friendship over the course of 50 episodes sounds like. Whatever your questions, you can find the answers and also more questions on Lasers on the Rod podcast. Now a member of the Upford Network. Available wherever you usually get your podcasts.